This is ABC Radio. You're with Rod Quinn. And what can I say? Oh, Lonely Without You. Is that a Stone's Christmas album? I don't know. Is that right, Tony? Tell me. I need more details. I need more details. This is the Overnights program. You are with Rod Quinn. It is time to head to the United States where, in Boston, certainly, it is still uh, Christmas Eve. In fact, it's now Christmas Day. We can have a very happy Christmas to our friends in Western Australia. Celeste Katz-Marston is with us in Boston. Celeste, good morning. Good morning. And a happy Christmas. Oh, you know. Thank you. I hope it will be a happy Christmas. What is the weather like? I mean, I've seen shocking snow all over the place. We've been told it's going to be raining and cold for Christmas. What is happening? Well, we did get a really big snowstorm a few days ago or within the last week, and we got uh, a lot of places around here got about a foot of snow. And so it was a real sort of winter wonderland, uh, real blizzard conditions, uh, good for sledding and making snowmen and shoveling. We did some of that, too. Um, But uh, it seems to have warmed up a little bit. But for Christmas, uh, actual Christmas, which is tomorrow here in the U.S., uh, just because it is 2020, there's apparently going to be a huge storm with not snow, but very high winds. Uh, trees getting knocked over, power outages, uh, you know, all the all the real Christmas cheer stuff. When or how soon does that sort of excitement of having the snow wear off? <laughs> about about 15 minutes into mm. trying to get it off your driveway, <laughs> in my case. Is it? I mean, like, I know Boston, I mean, the worst snow I ever saw was one time I was in Boston, and that was in December, and that was like, you know, up to your shoulders. Like, how bad does it get? Uh, well, we haven't seen a one like that. I mean, I remember sort of, uh, you know, historically, I've been in some really big blizzards, a uh, blizzard of 78, blizzard of, I think, uh, 90, oh God, I want to say 94. Four maybe or 92 we had a couple of where there was like just feet and feet of snow everything was absolutely closed down uh couldn't do anything about it um have not seen one of those in a little while but this last series of storms uh, that we got uh, the snow is definitely still out there um there's a lot of it to move but uh, uh we haven't seen the sort of uh, you know apocalyptic blizzard here for at least a little while okay although let's face it if you're going to have one this year is going to definitely be the one uh, the year to have that um is i mean i know i haven't lived in boston for all that long this time around but is it an easy city to get around when it's snowing given that it is in an area that you know as you say gets a lot of snow at times is it a place that you can get around easily when it's snowing You know, I think they do a pretty good job. I mean, having spent most of my life in New York and spending the past, uh, uh, except for when I moved here uh, about a year ago, um, you know, spent most of that in uh, Manhattan, where it's just a mess. I mean, Manhattan, it is built on a grid, but it was not, the city was just not really built for cars. And you have cars parked all over the place, you have narrower streets, and you just have people everywhere. It's just a much harder job, it seems like, to to clean it up. So Boston up here, they are good at dealing with winter weather. I will give them that. The, uh, 
the plows come through pretty early and pretty regularly and people are sort of not as inclined to be sort of surprised by um, really intense winter weather and people are, are equipped for it so uh, so far so good I'll, I'll knock wood but you know it's been a a nutty year so in the few days yeah. left i think anything could really happen and one of the things that could happen is that you know, there's going to be power outages, maybe, with just depending on how strong this wind is, whether they're going to blow down power lines and all that sort of thing. Yeah, they're talking about. Uh, actually, got a, woken up by a phone call this morning from the power company, sending out sort of a an all points bulletin saying that the winds could get up to seventy miles per hour, that lines could be down, the trees and branches could come down. So they're saying to, you know, get ready and charge up uh, all your devices and, uh, you know, be prepared in case something really uh, catastrophic happens. So that was a you know a bit of Christmas Eve cheer for us here in uh, New England. All right. Let's get to uh, some interesting news, and maybe you can explain it. Um, we may have talked about it before, but let's explain it again. Why is it in the 21st century that the president still has, I'm not just talking about President Trump, but any president, has the right to pardon criminals? I mean, we've heard a lot about hardened criminals, but boy, there's a lot of pardoned criminal, criminals going around at the moment, especially at the White House. This is something from the, like, 1700s, isn't it? This is from the time when it was the king's prerogative to do such a thing, and it kind of just spilled over into the president's prerogative. Why has it been allowed to continue that people who have been convicted of crimes, some case admitted to those crimes, will be allowed to, allowed to just walk away? I think there are probably a couple of different things going on there. One is the idea of a, a government showing kind of mercy or clemency to uh, people who have uh, who have committed crimes, but maybe um, either were too harshly prosecuted or uh, maybe have done their penance and uh, deserve to have their names cleared because uh, even if you've done your time, you know, having a, a record as a convicted criminal affects lots of aspects of your life. So, you know, this is something, as you say, that has been a very long-standing uh, American tradition. And um, I think the concern has become that uh, maybe it's not always used wisely. Maybe it's used to um, help uh, friends and allies rather than to show a general kind of, um, you know, government uh, that is merciful. Um, people use it to to benefit their pals. And so there have been some calls for the end of the pardon process. Don't see that uh, necessarily happening right away, though. So we know that President Obama did it many times, there, you know, 1,500 times at least, but it was mostly for excessive drug convictions, from what I can gather. What's happened this week, though, with President Trump is that it's all his cronies, if you want to use that term, I want to use that term, who were convicted because of the Mueller report or any other reason, and he's just, oh, okay, you're out now, or you'll be okay, you won't go to jail. I mean, it really is not, it's not equal justice under the law, and that is, that is as we are constantly told in America, the firmest pillar of good government. It is not equal justice. These people were convicted. It wasn't like he's showing them mercy because the sentence was manifestly too harsh. It's just they were friends of his. And I mean, that's something out of a banana republic, that you make sure your friends don't go to jail. 
in a lot of these cases, the president did pardon people who were uh, close to him or associated directly with him. Now, in some cases, of course, you know, these are not people that he had direct contact with. For example, he he applied uh, he applied this standard to uh, a policewoman who apparently released her police dog on an unarmed homeless guy um, who got bitten. So they're they're not all necessarily his. Uh, friends and sure, relatives but, but he still. did he did he did apply a pardon to uh for example um charles kushner who is the father of his son-in-law jared kushner who was um had already done his time for tax evasion uh, witness tampering uh that kind of thing and then of course uh, a couple of his uh, direct uh, aides in the political process paul manafort and uh, of course roger stone who is uh, certainly a well-known and colorful figure somebody i covered for many many years uh, still sometimes in touch with um you know these were people who were uh, convicted in association with the um uh, the investigation of uh, russia russian interference in the 2016 presidential election and so on um so people like that are people who might have been um you know republican party Party figures, people who were uh, members of Congress, um, you know, for example, a guy in California who had been um, using campaign funds for uh, personal benefit, that <laughs> that kind of thing. But uh, you know, some of these pardons are not necessarily people that again Trump knew directly, but they certainly have been controversial, like. Um, Offering clemency to uh, to people who had uh, engaged in in uh, uh, poor behavior, shall we say, uh, in Iraq, uh, things like well, that. Well, I'll get to that in a second. And, um, yeah. Just go back to those congressmen. And again, sure, President sure. Trump came in saying he was going to drain drain the swamp. Now, these were people who were convicted, as you say, that one bloke was convicted for taking money, stealing money that people donated to his campaign using it for himself. Why are they not part of the swamp? And how do you drain the swamp if you let people like that go free? I think people are pretty shocked. A lot of people are pretty shocked that uh, Duncan Hunter, and I might add his wife, uh, the former congressman from California that you mentioned, um, you know, that they have been getting a, a full pardon. Um, these are people who pleaded to knowingly and willingly conspiring to take campaign money that people donated for political purposes to to live the life that they wanted to live, to live their their best life, um, as the uh, celebrity magazines might say. But yeah, you know what? I can't answer your question because I'm not sure there is an answer. I'm not sure there is an answer. Well, there an is answer. an answer. The answer the is that he's not draining the swamp. That was the answer. Right. I but mean, anyway. uh, you know, what would be the rationale there? I, yeah. I'm having a tough time coming across with one. Well, they were supporters of his. That's the rationale. So also then, as you pointed out, there were, I think, four uh, Blackwater employees. Now, this was a hugely controversial uh, private security firm that did all sorts of things in Iran, uh, Iraq, rather, in Iraq, that... You know, the, the army or the military were not doing. Uh, and because they were one step removed from that. Anyway, these uh, four, I think, killed, um, I think, was it 17 Iraqis? And um, they've been now pardoned. I mean, that, I mean, that's appalling. I mean, we're seeing a situation in Australia at the moment where some members of the military. Well, there's been a report into that and there's going to be a further report next year and people may be charged with killing unarmed civilians. In Australia, hopefully we're going after them. In America, they let them free. Yeah, again, I mean, that is, I think that 
that President Trump has certain attitudes towards military strength, or in this case, paramilitary. These people were uh, were contractors, not uh, not members, uniformed members of the United States Armed Forces. But um, I think that he has has uh, illustrated that he has a certain uh, admiration or or takes pleasure in certain shows of strength. Uh, you know, in these cases, as you say, these people were involved in a, a mass shooting back in 2007. Um, and, you know, it is not easy to explain why these people might deserve a pardon over, say, uh, somebody who was convicted of a low level drug offense or somebody who was who was unfairly prosecuted and should have their name cleared. It's just it's just very hard to explain that. The problem is it is easy to explain. That's the problem, well, isn't it, Celeste? That, but no one wants to... Maybe to, recon, to reconcile yeah, might be true. the right word. Because also, I mean, that's all very well that he does it. Okay, that's his. He wants to be a military strongman and show what he can do. But he is then dropping the next president by accident or design into a situation where Iraq and the people of Iraq are going to see this as people being allowed to get away with murder. And the next president is going to have to deal with that issue. Uh, this, this, I don't think that's surprising from the same president who abandoned the Kurds or has has continuously denied that Russia participated in any uh, attempt to influence our elections or more recently to uh, to, you know, engage in breaching our cybersecurity on a you know business and government levels. Uh, I just I, I can't be shocked by that. All right. Celeste Katz-Marston is our guest in Boston. So another thing that, um, you know, the government goes on, and even though it is this lame duck period for both the House and the President at the moment, uh, they are attempting to do something, and the uh, Congress did come up with some sort of stimulus package for um, to deal with the coronavirus, um, a relief package almost, but the president, is he going to veto it? What, what's going to happen? And why doesn't he like it? Yeah, so this is this is a kind of a um, an intricate story. But I mean, the the bottom line is that um, Democrats and Republicans finally hammered out um, a, a big, big, you know, a trillion dollar relief bill that was going to involve a lot of different things. But it was also going to um, it was also going to uh, involve direct cash payments to the American public or to a lot of people in the American public. And so um, in the it was supposed to involve a six hundred dollar payment to people. Um, and eventually what happened was it was going to um, it was going to go through with. Uh, House Republicans with Republicans believing that the president supported this. And this was something that was worked on and supported by the president. Uh, so at the last minute, the president suddenly comes out with this surprise video saying he doesn't support it. And he thinks the payment should be $2,000. So Republicans are sort of shocked by this, that they supported it. They also think it costs way too much money. The government can't afford it. And so they're in this very weird position of should they continue supporting the bill that they thought the president supported or should they now support what the president now supports and it's democrats are like fine you want to give people more money we can you know add that clause and so it just sort of ends up being this huge mess with everybody sort of being on the outs because of this very last minute um surprise announcement by president trump who incidentally is now taking his christmas holidays uh in florida at mar-a-lago how can they tell the difference? They reckon, in fact, that uh, that's where the Trump airport's going to be. 
that uh, most presidents get an airport named after them and the airport near Mar-a-Lago will be the Trump airport. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure that's going to happen immediately. I think that, uh, you know, the idea of naming things for Trump is certainly always going to be controversial, except when he owns them, because he does like to put sure. his name on everything he owns. Um, so I'm not a... Uh, not necessarily setting up my camera for that uh, that ribbon cutting just uh-huh, yet. Right. Fair enough. Because as we <laughs> may have mentioned in the past, uh, try and find something named after Richard Nixon. Now, um, <laughs> also, but not only that, but, uh, you know, the, there is a, a, the government's going to run, run out of money on Tuesday. There could be another shutdown. It's not the first one under, well, certainly not the first one that we've had them under, I think, Bill Clinton. There's certainly one under President Bartlett. Uh, but there was one with uh, President Trump as well. And, that's going to have to be done, and like that could go on until the inauguration, which is still well a little bit less than a month away. Yeah, I mean, well, look, I mean, it's just it's just brutal trying to explain anything that's sort of going on in in U.S. Uh, politics and U.S. public life right now. It's uh, it's everything is. I think the general sense of of everything that's going on right now in American political life is that sort of. Um, the phrase that's been used is that Trump is trying to burn everything down, that he just, you know, he's in the last days of his administration, which does go on until January 20th when uh, Biden is inaugurated, um, but that he is sort of complete, completely feels um, released from any constraints that he's sort of testing the limits of power and he doesn't really care what happens. Hello? What's happened to Celeste? Appears to have disappeared. I wonder if, President Trump has something to do with that. Let's see if we can get her back. So, I don't know. We'll see. Celeste, you, Celeste, you disappeared. Something happened. I'm not quite sure. Oh, I don't know. Was it was it the Russians or was it? It may very well have been the Russians. I get the feeling they're listening to us right now. Um, look, before we go, then, so there's something else that. Uh, that I don't know whether President Trump has anything to do with this, but this is to do with the, his Twitter. Now, he generally tweets from at real Donald Trump or Donald J. Trump. Um, did he actually ever tweet from the POTUS, the at POTUS, President of the United States Twitter feed? Yeah, they did have some some tweets uh, there. I mean, that account has over 30 million, I think over 33 million followers. Some of those were sort of more generic um remarks from the White House or, you know, from from the administration. Some of them were retweets of the real Donald Trump account. But I think it was definitely uh, a little lower temperature than the real Donald Trump feed, which was his his personal his his personal connection with the American people. Now, however, um, I don't I'm not even 100 percent sure I should have looked up how many uh, followers the at POTUS Twitter feed has, but how many will it have come uh, January 20th? Zero, according to Twitter. So what, they reset it at zero when the new president comes in? Well, that's the thing. They didn't do that last time. Uh, Trump, uh, President Trump inherited uh, the followers that uh, uh, former President Barack Obama had. you know, the um, I think that was about 13 million followers and those were moved to the the, the POTUS account. Um, but Twitter is now saying that uh, President-elect Joe Biden will start with zero on the official account. Obviously, they're not happy with that. 
Uh, it's so petty, I must say. Len is listening to us in California, Celeste. Len mm. says it's a sickening display from Donald Trump. Maybe the worst president in the history of the US. Those people he pardoned are not the same type of people we usually see presidents pardon. You need to go back and look at all of them. Who's been pardoned and who's been not. And I'm sure somebody has probably written a thesis uh, for their doctorate on presidential pardons. And they'll have their work cut out for them uh, uh, doing this, but like this is another um, twenty-five days, twenty-six days that uh, President Trump is in power. He could do anything in the next twenty-six days, couldn't he? Oh, I think that we're certainly going to see more pardons or more commutations of sentences and so on. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a long list. From what I understand, he's still asking people to submit names. I think that um, you know he's he's been free with pardons. Certainly, just like he's uh, been free with uh, with honors and medals and and things like that. Notably, a lot of uh, sports figures end up getting, um, you know, the Presidential Medal of Freedom or or whatever it may be. Um, So, yeah, he's got uh, basically another month to hand out as many of these things as he wants to hand out before he returns to public life and business life. And I I don't think either of those two things are are. uh, worth forgetting. Uh, he, I don't think he gave out too many national medals of the arts. That's for sure. Only about a, two, two or three or four of them. All righty, Celeste. Enjoy your Christmas tomorrow. I so hope it's a white Christmas if that's what you want. Uh, thank you so much for everything you've done for this. That you have done for us this year. And we'll talk to you again next year. Thank you so much. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas indeed, Celeste Katzmarston in Boston.